Pupukea Shell. I think of the old Pupukea Shell station on Kamehameha Highway. Two pumps, six-stage glass and concrete architecture, a roll-up two-car garage front, mortar and tenon awning, and the great yellow pectin Langfordi, short collar under the fan-like ribs, floating like a child's painting of a sunrise above the straightaway seafloor of Asphalt Road, just past Chun's Reef along the North Shore. It never meant the corporate name to me, but rather the moon in summer seasons, its only competitor for luminescence, nights we drove the highway back from Honolulu. And those nights on the 4th, when cousins would hand me sparklers already lit, then a huge toad, dry and cold in my hands and on my shoulders, then an amber strip of dried and sweetened cuttlefish, chewy and aromatic. It was owned by relatives, the Yoshikawas, sturdy Molokai people, married into a Shigemitsus, who hosted the summer gatherings of the matriarchal clan at their gas station and grounds. Out back, a Meiji-style peak and fluted roof house, splendid lawns, plumeria trees, and tea plants at the property lines. This is near Shark's Cove, where all the tourists and some locals snorkel now, diving for bubbly glimpses of blue fantailed fish, schools of yellow tangs, and the rotor-finned humuhumu. When I see it these days, boarded up and rusting, the window glass of the office spider-web with cracks, the pumps gone like pulled teeth, and the timbers and underside of the awning blackened with mildew and spotted with blooms of a brown fungal scourge. I remember that a pair of lovers met there once, a dark local boy with long black surface hair reddened by the sun. He wore jeans and a brown shirt that said Cecilio across his breast, had the thick calloused hands of a laborer, but eyes that shone like light striking the sandy bottom of the sea in the soft waters of the lagoon just offshore. He wrote in a small copybook every day, scribblings and verses on his lunch break, his bare feet wicking in and out of the blue rubber sandals he wore as he bent over the pages. He'd take the night shift, summer or winter, keep the lights on and pumps going for all the locals and tourists till past midnight, frogs singing, the air coolest thought. It was the only station open past six on the whole North Shore, so it got the business of commuters to town and all the straggler tourists headed late back to Waikiki. Cecilio liked the inconstant flow, the chance to meditate between customers as he scanned lamp-lit eyes over the pink lagoon at sunset, imagining whatever in the silence of cormorants, black pens dipping their yellow beaks into the magenta seas. Once, just before closing, when Cecilio was at his desk bending over creole pentameters, a wanderer came by on foot, tapping at the glass of the office, making him glance away from his strange, literate work. I saw a light, she said, uncovering her hair, which she had shielded beneath silver-gray silk, and I've lost my way. Can I rest here a while? 
But from where did she come? This howly fanchula dressed in thin black clothes, a shawl like a Portuguese grandmother's, Chinese dancing shoes made for acrobats buckled at the back, skin like goat's milk, fresh in the pail, and black, black curly hair. She was a vision like the Mary who gave the virgin birth he knew from Catholic school, and like the stories people told of Pelé, the goddess testing the mortal by taking human form. But she's supposed to be old, Cecilio said within, rising from his battered chair, its wooden legs scraping the concrete floor, his breath growing shallower to witness beauty immaculate amidst the mundane. My name is Lucia, she said. I paint island flowers on beach glass. I embroider orchid boats on linen seas. And the midnight half-moon rose like a spreading silver fan floating on the ink-dark ocean of the sky.